What's going on, Football MD fam? Today is Friday, October 12th. Thank you all for tuning into episode 17 of the Football MD podcast. Today, unfortunately, my co host Dan, he was unable to join me. He had some things that he had to get done. But we didn't want to leave you guys hanging, so I'm coming at you solo this week to break down every week six matchup and get you guys all of the information that you'll need to dominate your matchups. As always, make sure you're checking us out at footballmdpodcast.com and make sure you're following us at footballmdpod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And some very exciting news, our first ever Football MD Podcast t-shirts are now available. Thank you to everyone that has already ordered theirs, and if you haven't, we do have limited quantities, so make sure that you're getting in touch with us on social media or through the Contact Us section of our website. We will be donating some of the proceeds to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, so not only will you get to represent the podcast, but you're also going to be supporting a great cause as well. So now let's hop into the week six games, and I'm already feeling lonely without my co-host Dan, so I'm going to try and keep this nice and quick for you guys today. First game of the week, we have the Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. This game has a 57.5 point over-under, and you really want to start just about every offensive piece that you have in this matchup. I think that Jameis Winston is a must-start. The Falcons have allowed 32 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks so far this season. He's still available in 50% of ESPN leagues. If you guys have been following along with the podcast, you know that I've been waiting for Winston to return, so I think that 50% ownership is definitely going to go up after this week. And the only piece in this game that I'm not really willing to start is Ronald Jones. I know that he has that home run potential, but it's tough to project any running back to get it done behind that offensive line. And we don't even know for sure yet if he's definitely going to be the starter. But I will say that Rojo is available in 78% of ESPN leagues. He is worth the add. We all know how valuable starting running backs are for fantasy football. Moving over to the Buccaneers passing game, if you had to choose between Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin, I do think that both can be started, but I actually like Godwin a little bit more. I just think he's a little safer, a little more versatile, and more likely to be used in the red zone. But of course, Deshaun Jackson, he has that blow-up potential. I have no problem starting him this week. And I think you can lock Cameron Brait in as a top 10 tight end option this week. I was talking him up on our last episode, so you're definitely rolling with him here. Moving over to the Falcons' side of the ball, the big storyline here is Devonta Freeman. He did not participate in Thursday's practice with a bone bruise in his foot. This is a different injury than the knee injury that kept him out in the previous weeks. And I'm not expecting him to suit up, but even if he does, I don't know if you can expect too much from him. He played fewer than 39% of snaps in Week 5. What this means to me is that Tevin Coleman is a nice start whether Freeman is in or out of the lineup. The Buccaneers have allowed at least one top 24 running back finish in each of their first four games this season, including three top eight performances. So you're going to want to start the Falcons run game here. And of course, Matt Ryan, he's been lights out at home, 76% completion percentage, especially if Freeman is out, you know, he's going to be airing it out a ton. So Matt Ryan locked in as a QB one this week and all of the Falcons pass catchers, Calvin Ridley, he'll likely be lined up in a tough matchup against Brent Grimes, but I still think that you can start him as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three with upside this week. Mohamed Sanu, I think is a great play this week with a really safe floor, having 23 targets and 14 receptions over the last three weeks. And you really just want a piece of this Falcons or Buccaneers offense in this game. There's going to be a lot of fantasy production to go 
around. And even Austin Hooper, I think, is a nice streaming option at the tight end position this week. He's had enough volume where I would rather start him than any other guy that you're just really hoping for a touchdown with. And the Buccaneers have allowed the most yards and most PPR points to opposing tight ends this season. So I think he's a low-end tight end one going into this week. Moving on to our next game of the week, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Cincinnati Bengals. This is another fairly high over-under 52.5 points playing in Cincinnati, and I think this is actually a pretty tough matchup for Big Ben. He struggled while playing in Cincinnati over the last few seasons, and the Bengals have allowed just 12.8 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this season while playing at home. But this game is projected to be a shootout, so I'm not sure if you have a better option than Ben going into this week. And James Conner, this is likely the last week that you'll be able to get top 10 production out of him. But you are riding with him for now. He's had the most snaps in the NFL aside from quarterbacks and the third most touches. He's been as solid as can be with that opportunity that he's been getting. Then, of course, you're starting Antonio Brown. Of course, you're starting Juju Smith-Schuster. And Vance McDonald, I think he falls into the streamer conversation this week. The opportunity should be there, but he's not someone that I'm necessarily excited about starting. On the Bengals' side of the ball, Andy Dalton has definitely come back down to earth with six touchdowns and six interceptions over the last three weeks, and he should still be a solid streaming option this week with that high over-under. I'm expecting this to be a bit of a shootout, but there's something gross about starting Andy Dalton. You, I feel like you just never really want to trust it. You never feel great about putting him into your lineup, but if you have to, I guess you could roll with him this week. Of course, Joe Mixon, he's back, running back one, rest of season in my opinion. Don't really have to talk about him. And in the passing game, I like Tyler Boyd this week. He's still the number two target in that offense. I'm going back to him after a disappointing week five. The Steelers have allowed the second most yards to wide receivers this season and have continuously been exploited by slot receivers where Boyd has run 67% of his routes from. And A.J. Green, while you are starting him, he will be matched up with Joe Hayden, who has been shadowing this season. So I think that Andy Dalton is going to have to utilize Boyd to keep them in this game. And the Bengals tight end, C.J. Uzoma, I think he again falls into that streaming category this week if you don't have a better option. The Steelers are giving up the second most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. Tyler Croft is dealing with a foot injury, hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. And I do want to put this into context. When I say that guys like Uzoma, Vance McDonald, and Austin Hooper are startable, Just know that none of these guys are locked in for production. Any one of them can shit the bed this week with just one catch, but the tight end position is so gross, you hear me say it every week, that if you're streaming the position, you want guys like these, where you can see the clear path to a productive fantasy day. But now let's move over to our next game of the week. We have the LA Chargers going to Cleveland to play the Browns, 45 point over under, and the Browns defense has actually been really tough at home against quarterbacks this season, only allowing over 18 fantasy points once, and that was to Derek Carr, who threw the ball 58 times in that game. And while I could see Rivers still posting low-end quarterback one numbers in this game, I wouldn't feel great about starting him in this matchup. Then, of course, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, you're starting your studs. And the two guys that I really wanted to touch on, Austin Eckler and Mike Williams. Eckler, he's now scored in four or five weeks. And when you look at his fantasy points, he looks great. But then you realize that he only has about 10 touches per game. So I think he's extremely scary to start. But he keeps on doing it week in and week out. I just can't bring myself to put him into my lineup. However, if you don't have a better option, I guess you can keep on rolling with Eckler. And Mike Williams, he's only had five receptions once 
this season. So I'm staying away this week. I think his floor is just so low. And if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's going to disappoint. So I'm waiting till we see a little bit more from Mike Williams till I'm willing to trust him in my lineups. And on the Browns side of the ball, I think Baker Mayfield should be a solid streaming option this week. The Chargers defense really has been great without Joey Bosa. And Mayfield just posted 342 yards against a tough Ravens defense. So I'm personally firing Mayfield up in one of my leagues this week. And of course, you're starting Jarvis Landry. He's totaled at least 69 yards or a touchdown in every game this season. And he's run about 73% of his routes out of the slot. So he should be avoiding Casey Hayward for the majority of the game. And Desmond King, the Chargers' primary slot corner, has allowed 14 of 14 pass attempts to be completed in slot coverage this season. So I love that matchup for Landry. And Antonio Callaway, the Chargers, they are giving up the fourth most points to the wide receiver position this year. And Casey Hayward, he's currently allowing 16 yards per catch and a passer rating of 140, according to Pro Football Focus. And without Rashard Higgins, I guess I do see the appeal of wanting to start Antonio Callaway. But you probably have a safer play that sees more volume and, and should provide a much safer baseline for your team. And David Njoku, I know that I have been talking him up, saying that you're going to want to have this guy on your fantasy rosters, and I'm still standing by that, but the Chargers have been very tough against tight ends. But again, any tight end can give you a dud week on any given week, so I'm sticking with the upside of David Njoku here in this matchup. Moving on to our next game, we have the Buffalo Bills going into Houston to play the Texans. This game has just a 41-point over-under, and of course, you're starting your Texans defense against the Bills. But the Bills defense, while you may not want to start them for fantasy, they have been better than many have realized. They allowed six passing touchdowns in the first two weeks of the season, but since then, they've allowed just two passing touchdowns in the three weeks since then. And in that three weeks includes games against Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I still think that Watson will be a low-end quarterback one play this week, as the Texans have struggled to run the ball, so he should be throwing upwards of 40 times in this game. And he's had over 30 rushing yards in every game so far this season. So I think you are rolling Watson out here. And Lamar Miller, he says that he's going to play, and I am not trusting him this week he was sharing snaps with Alfred Blue before his injury two weeks ago. And while the Texans are heavy home favorites, I just can't trust him against the Bills defense that has allowed just one running back touchdown over the last three games. I think you definitely have a safer option on your team, and I'm not trusting Alfred Blue for that matter either. And for the Texans wide receivers, I think you're starting all three. DeAndre Hopkins, he will be lining up against Tredavious White, who has been great. But you start your studs, plain and simple. Will Fuller, he should line up against Philip Gaines, which is not a scary matchup by any means. And Kiki Kuti, he has a safe floor as a safety blanket for Deshaun Watson, who is always under pressure, especially with Hopkins in a tough matchup. I think Kuti could be in line for a lot of opportunity this week. And on the Bills side of the ball, I'm not interested in starting any of them. LaShawn McCoy, he's the only one that I would even consider, but the Texans have allowed just four rushing touchdowns this season and have held running backs to 3.4 yards per attempt, including holding Ezekiel Elliott to just 54 yards and 20 carries last week. So until McCoy starts getting more work in the passing game, I'm not expecting anything more than wide receiver three numbers from him. And I know that there's the news coming out that LaShawn McCoy may be traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm kind of buying into that. I don't think there's any reason for the Bills to have McCoy on their team. They're not in win-now mode. They're paying McCoy a lot of money, so I think that Chris Ivory is a must-stash right now if your team can't afford to burn a roster spot. I would not be surprised at all if, as the trade deadline approaches, McCoy does get traded, 
and just hold on to Ivory for a few weeks. You could end up with a starting running back, albeit for the Bills, and you're not going to be super excited about starting him, but a starting running back in fantasy does hold some value. Moving on to our next game of the week, we have the Chicago Bears heading down to Miami to play the Dolphins. Another low over-under, 41.5 points. And please do not buy into Mitchell Trubisky's six-touchdown performance in Week 4. He really just hasn't looked great this season, and the Dolphins' defense has actually been brutal against quarterbacks, allowing just 12.6 points per game to the quarterback position. For the run game, Jordan Howard, he's definitely been disappointing, just 3.2 yards per carry. That's the second worst in the NFL right now. But the Dolphins have allowed the seventh most rushing yards and the fourth most PPR points per game to running backs this season. And if the Bears running backs truly are going to be game script dependent, as Matt Nagy said, then this matchup should lend itself well to Jordan Howard since the Dolphins cannot stop the run. I know Tariq Cohen, people want to start him after his 174 yards from scrimmage in week four on 20 touches. But before week four, he had just eight, five, and eight touches in the previous three games. It's pretty hard to decipher how the Bears offense will run. But if you are going to use Cohen, you have to be okay with the risk that Howard may get 25 touches and Cohen just gets five. Although he does provide that home run potential, I don't feel great about starting Cohen in this matchup. And I don't feel too great about the other pass catching options from Chicago either. Allen Robinson, he'll be matched up against cornerback Xavier Howard. And like I said, I think the Bears are just going to be running the ball a lot this week. I could see Allen Robinson finishing as a top 20 guy as the primary pass catcher for the Bears. But I would rather start guys like Tyler Boyd, Julian Edelman, and even Emmanuel Sanders against the Rams this week I think would be a better play. And as for the tight end, Trey Burton, definitely not an awesome matchup against the Dolphins who have allowed the 8th fewest PPR points to tight ends this season. But it is the tight end position, so I'm just going with the talent here. So just maybe temper your expectations a little bit. Moving on to our next game, we have the Arizona Cardinals playing the Minnesota Vikings with a 43-point over-under. And I would definitely temper expectations for David Johnson this week. The Vikings, they rank 8th against the run, allowing just 17.5 fantasy points per game to the running back position. I'm not doubting his talent, but if you saw our social media post on David Johnson today, he was essentially gifted those two touchdowns last week from the 49ers, turning the ball over and giving the Cardinals awesome field position. And I know that David Johnson is great, but his opportunity isn't. And while I think he'll still finish as a running back two this week, don't expect another 20-point game out of him just yet. And then Larry Fitzgerald, despite drawing a pretty solid matchup in the slot against Mackenzie Alexander, Fitz has caught just five of 10 targets for 63 yards since Josh Rosen has taken over at quarterback. You still can't trust him in your lineup. Just, just keep holding him on your bench and pray, keep your fingers crossed, that things start to turn around. On the Vikings side of the ball, Adam Thiel and Stephon Diggs, they've both been solid. You're going to be starting them. Kyle Rudolph, I'm not expecting Cousins to have to throw the ball too much. So I could see Rudolph be phased out a little bit. So you may be relying on a touchdown in this one. But that's the same with just about every tight end. So you're going to be rolling with Rudolph. I have no issues with that. And the running backs for the Vikings are pretty interesting this week. The Cardinals are so bad against the run, allowing 34.5 points per game to the position. But the Vikings run game has also been so bad. The offensive line cannot open anything up. And we're not even sure who the starter is going to be. We don't we don't really know what Cook's status is going to be going into this game. But even if Cook does play, I wouldn't be surprised if they ease him back into the lineup. And Latavius Murray gets the majority of the touches. So I'm honestly avoiding this backfield unless we get some more clarity. I just don't want the risk. 
But if one of them is named the starter, I think you can lock them in for double-digit fantasy points against the Cardinals. So definitely something to keep your eye on going into Sunday's matchups. Moving on to our next game, we have my Indianapolis Colts playing the New York Jets. And I'm very confident in Andrew Luck this week. He's put up 20-plus fantasy points in two straight games, and the Jets just allowed 20-plus points to Case Keenum last week. As far as the pass-catching options go, Hilton and Doyle, I'm expecting them to be out. And if that happens, Eric Ebron, he's a must-start with 14 receptions, 145 yards, and three touchdowns over the last three weeks. He now has five touchdowns on the season with 26 receptions. I think he's locked in for tight end one production as long as those two are out. And Naeem Hines, he should be a good start this week as as well. His total touches have increased in each of the last three weeks and his yards from scrimmage have increased in each of the last two games. He's now going up against the Jets defense that ranks 24th in the NFL allowing an average of 6.8 receptions to the running back position. The opportunity should be there as I mentioned with Hilton and Doyle out. On the Jets side of the ball Sam Darnold playing against the Colts defense who has been struggling with injuries but I wouldn't trust Darnold as any more than a desperation streaming option this week. For the run game, Bilal Powell and Isaiah Crowell, I think they're both in that running back two, running back three territory this week as the Colts have allowed five running backs to finish in the top 15 so far this season. And if you had to pick one, I would go with Powell just because the Colts have recently struggled against the pass and Powell has 16 targets to Crowell's eight. But I do think that both could be decent plays this week. For the passing game, I'm not trusting Robbie Anderson. He's just a boomer bust player at this point. And Quincy Inunua, he's seen at least five targets in every game this season, which is definitely promising. But he's caught just eight of his last 21 targets. So for me, he's a low-end wide receiver three, wide receiver four at this point. I just have an issue trusting him until we really get a firm grasp on what his role is going to be moving forward. Now for our next game of the week, we have the Carolina Panthers playing the Washington Redskins. You're starting Cam Newton, you're starting Christian McCaffrey. I think Devin Funches could also be a solid play this week as seven different wide receivers have now posted double-digit PPR points against the Redskins so far this season. And Greg Olson, he may be returning to the lineup this week, but returning from injury last season, we saw him get just one reception for 10 yards. So I'd expect him to be eased back into the lineup, and he's not someone that I would feel comfortable starting. I think there are plenty of better streaming options this week. And on the Redskins side of the ball, for Alex Smith, the Panthers have allowed at least two passing touchdowns in each of their last three games. But Smith's receivers just haven't been playing great. They've been failing to gain separation all year, and that has not meshed well with Smith's risk-averse style of play. And while I do think he should add some value with his legs in this matchup, I'm not willing to trust him as a streamer. I think there are some better options out there. For the running game, Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, the Panthers, they have allowed a top 15 running back performance in all of their games this season. But that was against Ezekiel Elliott, Tevin Coleman, Gio Bernard, and Saquon Barkley, all three down backs. And that's not what AP or Chris Thompson are. I don't think Peterson is any more than a running back three this week. And Thompson is currently questionable with a rib injury that will likely have him limited at best if he does suit up. So I'd be looking for other options there this week. And as far as the Redskins pass catchers, I think Jamison Crowder is the only wide receiver that I would consider starting, especially if Chris Thompson doesn't play. Looking back to last season in the six games that Crowder played without Thompson, he averaged 13.6 PPR points per game. So definitely something to keep your eye on if you need a flyer at the wide receiver position this week. And Jordan Reed, he's still my favorite pass catching option on this team. The Panthers have allowed solid days to both Tyler Eifert and Austin Hooper in weeks two and three. So you're playing Reed if you have him. 
Now for our next game, we have the Seattle Seahawks playing the Oakland Raiders. And I think you can be confident starting Russell Wilson this week, which I didn't ever think I would have to tell you guys that you can be confident starting Russell Wilson. He's been so solid throughout his career, but he's been pretty shaky this season. However, the Raiders front seven, they've generated just 1.2 sacks per game this season. If you can't put pressure on Russell Wilson, he's going to beat you plain and simple. And while I don't think that his struggles are over, you can trust him in your lineup this week. For the run game, Chris Carson, he's had 124 and 127 yards from scrimmage over the last two weeks on 34 and 20 touches. The Raiders defense, they're 29th in the NFL, allowing 17 fantasy points per game to opposing backfields, and they're 24th in the NFL in yards from scrimmage allowed with 156.2 per game. I think you can start Chris Carson with some confidence here, and even Mike Davis, he could be a running back four flex option for you if you're in a tight spot. As far as the passing game goes, I'm riding with Doug Baldwin here. I know he has been largely disappointing since he returned, but the Raiders are exploitable, especially in the slot, and not being able to put pressure on Russell Wilson is going to allow Baldwin time to get open. And I'm not trying to say that he's a must-start or anything. I do get it if you want to wait another week, but I'm plugging him in as a low-end wide receiver two this week and feeling pretty confident about it. I'm not buying too much into his first two games back. We've seen him post elite production over the last three seasons, so I'm expecting that to return to the norm this week. And Tyler Lockett, he's played great, but has yet to get more than seven targets in any game this season, and he's really relied on big plays fairly often. I'm expecting him to see a lot of Rashawn Melvin in this game, and Melvin has actually played pretty well so far this season, so I'm not expecting anything more than low-end wide receiver three numbers for Lockett this week, but of course that upside for the big play is always there. On the Raiders' side of the ball, you're starting Marshawn Lynch. The Seahawks have allowed four rushing touchdowns over the last two weeks, and no starting running back has yet to finish outside of the top 30 at the position when playing against them. And Marshawn Lynch is actually second in the NFL in rushing yards and fourth in the NFL in rushing touchdowns since the second half of last season. So tons of confidence for him going forward. And as for the Raiders passing game, it's more of the same with Amari Cooper. If you guys have been listening, you know that I don't trust him and I don't need to explain why after he just had one target last week. While I love his talent, he really is just a high risk, high reward player that I'm going to continue avoiding for fantasy. Jordy Nelson, I think he's kind of a touchdown reliant option. I don't feel great about sliding him into my lineup this week. And Jared Cook, he's someone that I don't think we'll ever learn our lesson on. He's an inconsistent player with an inconsistent quarterback on an inconsistent offense. And that shows in his stat line this year. He has two games where he's totaled 290 yards, which is great. And three games where he's totaled 100 yards on the season. But the targets have been there. So if you want to continue to roll with him, I get it. I just don't see a ton of upside for him this week. Now moving on to the Rams going into Denver to play the Broncos. Definitely the big storyline here is to keep an eye on the status of Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks. Jared Goff is a must start if they play, but he's still in that high-end quarterback two conversation even if they don't suit up against that weak Broncos secondary. All reports have been positive so far that Cup and Cooks are progressing well through the concussion protocol. Both were limited participants in practice on Thursday. And if they do play, you're going to be starting all three Rams wide receivers. I'd personally rank them Brandon Cooks with the best matchup, then Robert Woods, then Cooper Cup, as he'll likely be lined up against Chris Harris Jr., which isn't ideal, but they've all just been too good for me to sit at this point. Moving over to the Broncos side of the ball, both Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay are risky running back threes for me this week, as the Rams, they haven't allowed even one top 12 running back performance this season. I do think that Lindsay is the safer option but I'm avoiding this backfield if possible. 
And as for the passing game, Emmanuel Sanders has a pretty tough matchup against Nickel Roby Coleman this week, but I'd have a hard time sitting him with how involved he's been in that offense. I'm not too worried about him. And I'm not too worried about Demarius Thomas being lined up against Marcus Peters, who hasn't looked great. I think both wide receivers can be expected to put up wide receiver three production this week. It is a tough matchup, but I wouldn't necessarily be shying away from them. Moving over to our next game, we have the Baltimore Ravens playing the Tennessee Titans. And I'm expecting this to be an extremely low-scoring game with a 41-point over-under. Outside of two quarterback leagues, I have no interest in starting Flacco this week. There are better streaming options out there. As far as the Ravens' run game, you can't trust Alex Collins at this point. He's been getting outsnapped and outtouched by Javarius Allen, and the Titans still have not given up a single rushing touchdown on the season, so I'm avoiding that backfield. And John Brown, I think he can be trusted as a solid wide receiver three this week. He's averaging a league-high 20.1 air yards per target, and the Titans' defense has allowed four 100-yard receivers over their first five weeks of the season, so expect Flacco to use his favorite target to attack the Titans downfield. And on the Titans side of the ball, I don't feel great about any of these guys. I'm not trusting Marcus Mariota this week. The Baltimore defense allowed four passing touchdowns in the first half of their Week 2 matchup. But in the other nine halves of football that the Baltimore Ravens have played this season, they've allowed just two passing touchdowns and have given up just 13.5 points per game to quarterbacks this season. As far as the run game goes, you know that you can't trust Derrick Henry at this point, and Deion Lewis is just a low-end flex option with his receiving ability. And for the passing game, Corey Davis, I'm still inclined to start him, but with wide receiver three expectations. We know that he's going to be on the field for the majority of snaps and is clearly the best pass-catching option on the team for the Titans, so for opportunity alone, I'm going to continue to roll with him. It's just kind of tough to trust him with confidence with what that Titans offense has been doing. Now for our next matchup of the week, we have another game that I'm projecting to be very low scoring. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars playing against the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not trusting Blake Bortles this week. As I mentioned, this game should be low scoring, so I'm not going to rely on him to get that garbage time production. And the Cowboys pass rush has been surprisingly solid, while the Jaguars offensive line has been falling apart. So I don't think Bortles is a strong start at all this week. And of course, the Jags run game, Fournette, he's already been ruled out. So move him into your IR spot if your league does allow for one. Open up a roster spot. And TJ Yeldon, he should be started in 100% of leagues this week. The Cowboys just allowed Alfred Blue to have 20 points against them. So I'm expecting a nice game here from TJ Yeldon. And you heard me say on our last episode that I'm not willing to play any of the Jaguars pass catchers right now. You just don't know who it's going to be on any given week. And from the Cowboys side of the ball... Going up against that tough Jaguars defense, Ezekiel Elliott is the only player that I would even consider starting for the Cowboys. And even there, I think you should temper expectations. The Jaguars have allowed under three yards per carry and just one touchdown on the season outside of Saquon Barkley's huge 68-yard touchdown run in week one. For our next game, this is a much more exciting game. We have the Kansas City Chiefs playing the New England Patriots, and it's the same thing every week with the Chiefs. You're going to be starting them all, especially against the Patriots, which should be a very high-scoring game. And on the Patriots' side of the ball, you're starting most of these guys as well. Both Patriots running backs have been solid. You're going to continue to run with them. And I just want to take this time to say that I am a little bit skeptical about James White for the rest of the season. He has 18 catches over the last two weeks, which is great. But we were saying the same thing about him last year. 2017, week 2, 8 catches, 85 yards. Week 3, 1 catch, 11 yards. Week 4, 10 catches, 47 yards. Week 5, 5 catches for 57 yards. And then from week 6 on, he averaged just around 2-3 to three catches per game. 
The only thing different this year is his five touchdowns in five weeks, but I struggle to picture him as a running back one for the rest of the season when he's only getting around 10 touches per game, unless you're expecting him to keep scoring a touchdown every single week, which of course you guys know if you've been listening to the podcast, touchdowns always return to the mean. And I know I just went on a little bit of a rant there, some concerns about James White for the rest of the season, but he's been great so far. So you should continue to ride him this week as the Chiefs have allowed the third most yards from scrimmage, second most touchdowns, and the second most PPR points per game to running backs this season. For that reason, Sony Michelle, he's also one of my favorite starts this week. I think both guys are in line for a top 15 games against the Chiefs. And of course, you're starting Rob Gronkowski, but for the other pass catchers, Josh Gordon, a lot of people have been bringing him up, asking if he'll be more utilized this week. And my honest answer is I don't know. If anyone says they do know that Josh Gordon will be more utilized this week, they're probably lying unless they have some inside information with the New England Patriots. Obviously, the talent is there and the upside is extreme, especially playing against the Chiefs this week. But 18 snaps in week five against the Colts just isn't necessarily comforting. But this should be a high-scoring game, so I think if you have to roll with Josh Gordon, you shouldn't be too concerned about it. And Julian Edelman, nine targets in his return against the Colts last week. Looks like he's going to continue to be a solid PPR option. No no worries starting him in this matchup. And now moving on to our final game of the week. Monday night, San Francisco 49ers heading into Green Bay to play the Packers. On the 49ers side of the ball, I guess you can slide Alfred Morris into that flex consideration conversation solely based off the volume that he'll be seeing with Matt Breda out of the lineup. But I'm not sure how much the 49ers will be running the ball. They'll likely be playing from behind against the Packers, whose defense has actually been really good against the runs so far this season. George Kittle, he's really the only guy that I'm confident with on this offense. He's had over five receptions per game over the last five weeks, and they're going to need to utilize him if they want to be competitive at all against the Packers. As far as Marquise Goodwin goes, he's nothing more than a boom or bust play at this point. So you're really just hoping for that big touchdown play, not something that I want to rely on. And obviously on the Packers side of the ball, you're starting Aaron Jones, you're starting Devontae Adams. You don't need me to tell you to do that. But for the Packers run game, Aaron Jones, he's the guy that you want to start here, but his ceiling is probably capped right around 10 touches for the time being with Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery being involved. I'd avoid starting him if you could just to avoid the uncertainty there in your roster, but he clearly is the best Packers running back, having forced 11 missed tackles, currently averaging 3.29 yards after contact per attempt across his 28 touches this season. If you follow us on social media, you saw our post explaining why Aaron Jones is a buy low target. He's definitely somebody that you want on your team. And while he could be a decent play this week, and I do love him for the rest of the season, I'd be lying if I said I had full confidence sliding him into my lineup in this matchup. And as far as the pass catchers outside of Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, you're going to continue to keep firing him up. He's been solid after getting just two receptions for eight yards in week one against the Bears. So I think he's a fine start this week, especially with the uncertainty surrounding the other Packers wide receivers. I think that Randall Cobb will be held out for at least another week. And Geronimo Allison, although he has cleared the concussion protocol, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. So that's definitely something to monitor going into Monday night's game. But of course, if Allison does seem to be healthy and if he is going to be playing, He is catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, so no issues starting him. However, I will say that if you are going to slide him into your lineup, it is so important that you roster MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as this is a Monday night game, and if Allison is held out or he's held to a limited role, you could definitely slide MVS in. I think he earned, I think he definitely earned some increased opportunity after his seven receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown last week. 
I think he could be a fine play here as well should Cobb and Allison be forced to miss the game or have limited roles. And well, that's all I have for you guys here today. Definitely went through those matchups a little bit quicker than usual, but I hope I was able to touch on all of the players that you guys were hoping to hear about. If you do have any other questions, any lineup decisions that you would like the Football MD team to help you out with, make sure you're hitting us up at Football MD Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We love getting your questions. We love helping out. And if you have been enjoying the podcast, make sure you're leaving a quick five-star review on whichever platform that you may be listening on. And of course, guys, do not forget our Football MD Podcast special edition breast cancer awareness t-shirts are now available. Shout out to John L. from All I Know Is Goon. He did a great job making these shirts. Make sure you're going and checking out his clothing brand as well. He has a bunch of awesome merchandise over there. And I couldn't be more happy with these t-shirts. So if you guys would like to represent the podcast and support a great cause, make sure you're messaging us on social media or heading over to the Contact Us section on our website and sending us your order as we do have limited quantities. But that's all that I have for you guys today. So good luck this week. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week.